Hello, beautiful beings. It is an honor to have your attention. Today, I will be sharing my outlook and personal insights on how to reprogram your mind. I found this topic interesting because I feel like a lot of us are living, but we are not necessarily alive. So much of our thinking is from past programming, and we limit our capacity to allow and to receive. I'd like to begin with the analogy that our brains are wired like antennas. They pick up the consciousness waves. We're all channeling the same consciousness, but we're using our own personal radios to do it. We all have different brains. However, our brains are far from being perfect receptors. We're probably not picking up anything near of what is possible to pick up. And yeah, we can have the best antennas on the planet, but it's still a joke compared to the complete understanding of consciousness. We only know a little piece of the whole picture. And we have just started down this road as a species, and a lot of things remain hidden from us as a physical species, but we are in a time where everyone is waking up and we're shedding off our old beliefs. Everything is coming to surface and we're acknowledging our truth and understanding our human anatomy. Have you ever thought that your thoughts are not who you are? Well, that is true. And you can observe it through meditation as if you're separated from it because you are. Your thoughts come from the ego and the ego comes from our animal bodies. And we still need the ego to this day to survive. But that deeper part, the part that you can access with meditation, that's the real center of your mind, the GC receptor. When you become aware of this, then you can feel the connection. We have been cluttering our minds for as long as we were able to think. The majority of our thoughts are from the past. And our brains have newer pathways that are constantly forming. It builds up a whole newer network just in there supporting you. And this eventually becomes the way we think. We soak in what we learn by our surroundings, which eventually forms a pattern. The way we function becomes a pattern. Everything is a pattern. Until we finally reach that turning point where we just feel trapped or inside the box. Our subconscious mind is always working. It absorbs everything even when we're not conscious about it. Sometimes I like to listen to instrumentals because I don't want my subconscious to download ignorant sayings. Bad thoughts can linger in our subconscious and that's why it's important to reprogram our thoughts. We have to take the time to explore the work of what is being fed into our minds. Our environment is a reflection of our mind. We could be in a classroom while the teacher is explaining the same thing to everyone, but each of us are having a completely different experience. We all have different energies and we're looking at everything through our own filters. Whether you have a negative or a positive mindset, you have created that environment for yourself. Some people will feel comprehensive and grow fond to the teacher, but others will feel bored and uninterested of even being in the class. We all have our different opinions. For instance, I am always the same person, but the filters through which I see things is always different. This explains why we all have different tastes and are attracted to certain people. In that case, there is no duality. There is no good or bad. There is no judgment. People like certain characteristics in others simply because they do. It just is. I once heard a story in the radio of a lady that she was in a plane and her appendix popped. Luckily, she was on the plane with a doctor and he had the tools to perform open surgery in his suitcase. So she was screaming and crying and acting hysterical, but the doctor didn't stop. He cured her, he stitched her, he put her back together. When she got off the plane, she was livid and upset that the doctor had left her a permanent scar. 
Since stress causes areas of the body to start deteriorating, it lowers your, your immune system immensely, she ended up getting a serious inflammation. She sued the doctor even though he had saved her life. Her lawsuit became a success and the doctor was stuck in a huge debt. A year later, the lady found a modeling gig online. She had to meet the guy in, in person in order to proceed with the audition. She was asked to come in an outfit and bring a bikini and everything was looking good, but when she wore the bikini, the guys, they saw her scar and they told her that she wasn't a match for what they were looking for. She leaves upset about her scar once again. A week later, she watches the news and finds out that those men that were auditioning her got arrested for sex trafficking minors. They had been getting girls online for years and were finally caught. Not only did she escape death once, but twice. And that's when a moment of clarity and awareness just struck her immediately. She thought, wow, thank God I had that scar. And at that moment, she wasn't blinded by her mind or her emotions. She met the awareness behind it all. She realized that the doctor was an actual angel, but she had destroyed his career and his finances. She met up with the doctor to explain about her experience. She paid for all his debts and was grateful for his heroic act. But the moral of the, moral of the story is to ask yourself, what has happened in your life that you have labeled as so dreadful, so awful, but have not seen the good? A common example is getting out of a serious relationship and becoming depressed to finding out that by leaving that person, you actually found your life companion. Or you found out that by being alone and exploring your own world, everything turned out way better than how you would have been if you were still stuck in that relationship. Another scenario is being a single parent and not knowing how you're gonna support your child, but realizing after that your child turned out better than you expected. You can't get into that lack and limitation mindset. You have to be a muse, a prime example, a wise figure. Everything you're doing for this child is going to come back. It's a universal law. And once your child turns out to be amazing, you realize that everything worked out just the way it should. It was supposed to happen in that same exact timeline, in divine timing. And all of this shows how your brain is wired. Most of us are conditioned to attach an emotion when something horrific happens, but what happens next is that that person attached to that emotion will have a negative feeling whenever they come across another person or experience that reminds them of that horrific moment. And this is horrible because it can make you miss out on opportunities simply because you attach to that emotion. The first step to ascending from that is separating the emotion from the person or from the event. Once you do that, you will see it through the eyes of the divine. The divine does not judge. It doesn't see things as good or evil. It just is. Every single person on earth is both the experiencer and the observer. The experiencer is just living in the material world and things are just happening to them. So therefore, duality exists. But once you become the observer, there is no duality. You see the bigger picture and whether it was a blessing, you've upgraded. And if it was a failure, you've gained wisdom. The goal is to be in the observer mindset at all times. Notice how I use the word reprogram in the title? Because our brains are already organized. But if it's not balanced, it is up to us to fix it. Realistically, we are what we repeatedly do. 
With our constant actions, we build habits. Everything we do is a habit. The way we think and act are created through habits. It is essential to understand that you create your experience and how you perceive things is exactly what is going to be drawn back to you. The universe is constantly giving back to you, just like how the sun gives energy to plants and how the trees give oxygen to us. We are one with the universal laws. An analogy that I like to use is that we are a drop in a vast ocean of consciousness. We are made of the same material, but with different expressions and cells, and this is what makes us individually unique. If the creator created us, then we are creative and we can create. As a collective, we need to stop giving powers to our problems. Always think, what is the bigger picture? What is the universe trying to teach me? Most third dimensional problems like drama, ignorance, old beliefs, they're only capable of comprehending the material that they can see, hear, taste, touch, or smell. This is why the journey of awakening in the beginning is difficult because to adapt that mindset that life goes above the senses, it, it is just rooted in a choice made at a level of our mind that is way deeper than any level we have access to in our current state. Tell yourself that you're gonna reject gravity and try stepping off a chair. You're obviously gonna fall to the floor. That's the whole point of physicality, to be bounded by restrictions and consequences, and it all creates a game or a difficult workout for the soul. We tend to live in our shadows because that is what is commonly accepted through our collective unconscious hierarchy. This explains why not everyone sees a bigger picture and why we've been lacking with presidency, decisions, opportunities. We cannot ascend if we are in the same consciousness that we are currently at. And this is as a whole. The shadow is a part of ourselves that comes from the matrix and it resonates with the current corruption. I describe our shadow selves as hands on a steering wheel that just aren't our own. And they're trying to pull us in everywhere possible except the right spiritual direction. We're usually not conscious of it, but our outlook and our behaviors and our decisions are based by it. The shadow resides in our subconscious, in the dark basement of our mind. And there's all kinds of crazy shit down there, like traumas and different personalities, demons. It all latches onto us like parasites. And all of this makes up the shadow. And their collective representation of our minds is the ego. So a lot of our decisions come from our shadow selves through habits and programs and conditioning. Just like computers get viruses and it messes up with your system, well, we allow the matrix to manipulate us. You know that most of us have entities embedded into our souls and you can clear it out through energy healing and meditation. It would definitely give you faster results than seeing a counselor. But in order to be free of it all, you have to be more self-aware and find your embedded motivation. When you start getting good at observing bad energy and you make decisions based on your heart space, then you are protected by your higher self and your spirit guides, angels, whatever you like to call it. But if you intentionally invite these, these negative forces in, well, I mean, all bets are off if you think they're the good guys. It doesn't matter how good the rest of your defenses are, if you give permission for them to come in, then you have a real problem in your hands. It's like giving a hacker the passwords to your online accounts. Think about how much they can do with that. They can take over your life. And this can lead to full possession or mind control. 
I kind of describe this as growing up, seeing your parents always fight and seeing your dad cheat on your mom. And then you live off with this generational curse and this trauma and you start to date guys that always cheat on you. It's like if your demons flow with their demons. Instead of just being the awareness of behind it and actually doing something about it. If you don't do anything, you're going to become a walking instrument for them to control. I wholeheartedly believe that we are divine God sparks inhabiting human bodies. The body can be our prison or it can be our temple. So it depends on whether we rule the body or whether the body rules us. Those qualities of love, compassion, empathy, they're all functions of spirit, of our inner God spark. The moments that we give those up, we give up the very thing that we've been fighting for. But of course, love without wisdom is ignorance and naive. It's like the story of Adam and Eve. They had love, they had compassion and empathy because they were pure, but they were no wiser than babies. And that's why it ended the way it did. The other half of the equation is wisdom and awareness. You have to be sharp. You have to think hard, see through the deception. And you have to have the tools and knowledge to carry out the orders that come from your heart. Love and understanding, it goes hand in hand. The highest love and the highest understanding are absolutely the same thing. When you truly understand something or someone in the most absolute sense, you can't help but to love them. And that's where two halves of the equation unite. But at our level, the best that we can do is strive to balance and develop strength in both sides, parallel. This unification overpowers any feeling that we have ever felt. If we pursue awareness enough to step back from reacting, we can enter a gap or a pause of clarity before we give in and get carried away. And in that little gap, we can adapt the freedom to think and respond in a fresh, aware, and knowledgeable way. This concludes my talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening to this, please subscribe to my Apple podcast, Soul Rich Radio. Blessings.